0: Produce Customer Experience Podcast. Delivering great customer experience every time is really, really hard. If it was easy, more companies would be doing it. We all know that ain't happening. That's exactly where this show comes in. Every episode, we take a close look at companies who are getting customer experience right. Whether it's over the phone, over technology such as social media or apps on your smartphone, or in person there are some companies who are just really good at this. This show looks at what they're doing differently to make their customers love them and introduces us to the people whose job it is to make great customer experience happen. So if delivering exceptional customer experience is part of your business, this is the podcast for you. I'm Pat Perdue and I'm glad you found us. Hey, so I'm so glad that you joined us today. It's been a while. Thanks for downloading and listening. You'll be glad you did. So recently, I had a chance to talk with two really bright minds in the North American retail landscape, Kate Ross LeBlanc, co-founder of Sage Wellness, and Katie Dreschel, their VP of Marketing. And she's so much more than that, as you'll discover. Okay, so here's the thing. This entire podcast series has been a bit of a quest to uncover what organizations do to deliver great customer experience. And we've had on executives and CEOs from multinational corporations and we've also had on amazing senior-level directors from feisty startups that are killing it, basically. And yeah, I'm looking at you, Michael, from Casper. And so here's what I seem to be discovering. Large organizations may have processes, reports. Smaller organizations may or may not have those processes or reports. What I'm trying to do is look for commonalities across different organizations that will be indicate what's that special thing? What's that secret sauce that allows companies to deliver great customer experiences consistently, regardless of the industry, regardless of their size? How do they do it? What's the common thread? And I think we're hitting on it, which you will discover in our conversation with Katie and Kate from Sage Wellness. Here's what I think it is it comes down to employee experience. So organizations can have all the reports they want. They can have all the processes and procedures that they want. But if those processes and procedures don't reflect what the employee experience is, then they're missing the mark. Essentially, for organizations that consistently deliver off-the-hook customer experiences, they're delivering off-the-hook employee experiences. Okay, so Let's talk about Sage. When you walk into a Sage, you'll know that it's someplace special. At first glance, you might think Sage was a shop that sells therapeutic oil. And you know, if that's all it was, how would you explain their growth from nine stores in 2011 to 45 stores across Canada, stores in California, and a recent launch in Soho, New York? Sage was ranked as one of Canada's fastest growing companies by Profit Magazine for the past three years. In 2014, Sage was listed on the Profit 500 ranking with a five-year annual growth rate of 267%. In other words, Sage is one of Canada's leading retailers of anything. Sage clearly is doing something right, and I wanted to find out what that was. So if you go into a Sage, you'll notice that it's not only set up super elegantly with oils to one side, diffusers on the other side. What makes Sage really special is the obvious dedication of sage employees or team members as they're called it's the obvious dedication they have to their mission of connecting their customers to products that in sage's words help rejuvenate and detoxify the body naturally or simply put they're just making people's lives better so think of it imagine how motivated your team would be if they knew that in some way their job was to make people's lives better Just think about how that would impact the quality and level of focus they would bring to their conversations with customers. Let me tell you, in the case of Sage Wellness, it's a customer experience grand slam. Here's Sage co-founder, Kate Ross LeBlanc.
1: Well, I grew up um, in my, the shop floor of my mom's fabric store in small town Ontario. And I think in a small community like that, it's certainly not called customer service. It's just how you be, you know, with each other. It's just how you are with your neighbors. And yes. so I think that was just uh, what I noticed as I, you know, grew up and, and lived in the city was that it, there this contrast So it wasn't that I, you know, thought that it should be any other way. I mean, my mom was always creating community. She was always... You know, giving that, uh, you know, um, I think the byline of her little fabric store was, um, mm-hmm. uh, it was, uh, Marie Ann fabrics where, um, a yard has more inches. <laughs>
0: okay. And so, nice. I love that. Yeah.
1: So, so I think that, uh, she was always going above and beyond. And I, I thought that's just how business was done. And so it was, okay. um, just completely natural for me. And, uh, yeah, for sure it was a table stake. Uh, you know, I, I always say that the retail store should feel like a house does when it's expecting company. And I think of, I think of the people who come into our stores, you know, just like I would a visitor coming into my home, someone that I want to make feel comfortable, that I'm honored that they took the time to come and visit me. And, you know, I want to really always put my, put my best foot forward. So I think that that's why when, when Jean-Pierre and I, um, you know, first, contemplated creating what would become Sage, that was, I, I thought of it like a flag that I was carrying over my shoulder. And that was, that was my flag that I brought to the party, that if, if we couldn't do this, then nothing else really mattered.
0: Okay, nice. And, and sort of what you described, you know, the small town experience of, you know, everybody, you, you walk in and people know you, and it just has that comfort. That's sort of the, the holy grail of larger companies you know, to maintain that, that very personal feel as a company gets bigger and bigger. So it leads me to a very obvious question. Sage is enjoying tremendous growth. And uh, and this appears to be a fairly recent phenomenon in terms of the rate at which Sage is growing. So what concerns might you have about maintaining that kind of quality as Sage grows into the United States opening more stores in California, and potentially in other parts of the world?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that is a question that I think uh, we ask ourselves a lot. Other people ask us. Uh, you know, we're not alone in that, for sure. Um, it's, I mm-hmm. think it's what we're all seeking is to have that small family feeling where people feel welcome and known, you know, as you scale and be able to reach more and more people. And so I think of, you know, what's job one for us is we <clears throat> have established what our values are and the things that matter to us that we're able to attract um and connect with more people who share those values so that the sage vibe can spread very naturally. I mean, to have someone who cares about, uh, you know, something completely different and try to pour them into the mold of sage it's just going to sure. be—it's going to be a rub, and everybody's going to feel that. And then, you know, new people who are joining are going to think, "Well, is that sage or is this sage, or is sure. that over there?" So, for me, you know, and for all of us, job one is being able to attract people who are net, just naturally attracted to our culture. And that doesn't—it it doesn't doesn't mean that it's easy, uh, you know, or that you get it right all the time. But if you all know that that's, you know, that's what's important and that's how we'll maintain the culture, which then in turn maintains that experience or even elevates the experience that um, community members are having as they, you know, as they come and discover us in different corners of the world.
0: Got it. Got it. And is there, as you grow, I have two questions based on what you said. As you grow, do you find any of your processes changing in internally to maintain that level of, of familiarity and high touch that you had you know, early on with smaller locations? What has changed internally that, that really allows you to, to keep that? If anything, maybe nothing has.
1: I think it's important that some things don't change you know, that you don't start saying, oh, well, you know, but maybe this costs too much and we have to trim here and we have to do this. And you start, you know, it's it's like the great recipe mm-hmm. that you water down until it's nothing. So there's certainly... There's certainly parts of that that I think of like, it's like a stake in the ground and you uphold that stake above all else. And for us, our outrageous customer service, as well as our commitment to 100% natural ingredients, those are our two founding pillars. So it's important that those things don't change while the, while the method of how you connect with those people, you know, that are actually delivering the service and the way that you reach um, you know, a broader community. Those things we have to be rethinking those things all of the time um, as you as you grow and scale. And I think one of the important, you know, one of the other things that that we have to maintain that we don't want to change, and that is that the people who are actually on the the retail floor are empowered to make the decisions that they need to make in the moment. To we have what's called the customer for life program. And in it, it says, you know, we can't write a policy for every eventuality that you you might um, be facing as a team member on, on the shop floor. And so the real policy is that you're empowered to make the decision that you feel is needed in the moment to be able to, um, you know, have this community member be happy with their SAGE experience. Um, and then, and, you know, and I think one of the things that we've recently tasked ourselves with is how do we then translate that onto other, you know, other platforms. And so I'll, I'll throw that over to you, Katie, because I know that's something you're really passionate about, and have been working to how do we create this experience outside of, you know, our four
0: walls. Here's Katie Dreschel, VP of Marketing for Sage Wellness. The really, really cool thing about Katie is that she's in marketing and she's really plugged into the dialogue that Sage Wellness is having with its customers, both from the retail level and also from the digital level, like on the website and on social media like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And this really drives the continuous loop of creating not only great customer experience, but also a really, really solid employee experience. Here, check it out.
2: Yeah, and so for us, I think like all major brands, um, it's about finding out where our community is, and so for us um a natural extension of kind of our traditional contact center which traditionally had been phone obviously you roll in email for us we really found that our community was across social media so um, we get a lot of volume through our Twitter, our LinkedIn, and our Instagram and Facebook. And so it's really having a team there. Um, all of the team has come up through our actual um, customer experience team and has shown an interest in social media. Um, and they're a super reflection of our values. And so that's the people who we have kind of extending into these um online communities and then beyond that we look at where where do we think our customers um, want to talk to us so something that we're looking at is SMS or text support um, and it's really looking at where are our community and how can we best serve them with with ease and with as little friction as possible so that they're having an outstanding um, experience
0: sure. And there's, there's a lot that you said that I'd like to unwrap a little bit One of the things is how do you know if you're doing it right? Like, how do you know if you're on the mark with regards to the customer experience that you're projecting, as well as the customer experience that you're delivering? Are, is it a one-to-one match? Are you on target or a little bit off target? Is there a way that you measure that? Or is it simply by the ubiquitous conversations that you seem to be having?
1: Um, so if you're, if you're speaking about how do we measure that in-store, Um, I mean, some of that feedback for sure is, um, is anecdotal. And the, one of the things that though is so great to be able to measure is, um, what people are saying across all of our social channels. Cause one of the things that people love to do is share, you know, experiences, whether they're, um, you know, good, bad or indifferent. And so that's something that we, that, you know, it's one of the things I I absolutely love about being a retailer is just the immediacy of the feedback, um that you're getting and you know when so that's part of it is what what are people saying on social channels and then you only need to walk into you know a location if the team members there are having a good time and they're in effect giving great service to each other in how their relationships are and how they relate to one another you've got a much better chance that that's going to translate into having a great experience for each community member that comes in if you've got you know if you've got a team that is not yes, at harmony yes. and not um, collaborating together, then it's it's going to be fake, and people can feel that.
0: Absolutely, and it really speaks to the relationship between, which I touch on a lot in this program. Not on purpose; it just organically evolves. Is the relationship between the the employee experience and the customer experience, mm-hmm. and how you can't have one that's one thing and then fake the other to try to to try to make the other something better. It just it just doesn't seem to work. No,
1: I mean, one of the things you asked about was where my original passions came from. And I, mm-hmm. I talked about, uh, you know, my mom's store. But another really big motivation for me was I spent some early early years in my life um, working for one of our large um, Canadian banks, which shall remain nameless.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're a fine institution, I'm sure.
0: But I'm sure they are.
1: I was very ill fitted, uh, suited uh, to life <laughs> Inside Very the bank diplomatic set.
0: Very diplomatic set. Uh,
1: and in fact, I used to find myself looking at the clock at four o'clock in the afternoon and thinking, oh. I don't know if I can stay here till five. I might actually go running screaming from the building. Um, so, you know, it, I was not a cultural fit, I was not a values fit for that for that organization. But one of the commitments I made to myself was I thought if I'm ever fortunate enough to be in a position where I can, you know, offer employment to people, I really want people to know that I want that we call it being in our Dharma um, at SAGE, but that mm-hmm. life is too short to not be jazzed about what you're doing. You know, there's no harm in putting your hand up and saying, I don't think I fit in here. You know, I'm not lit up because you want to create space for, you know, for people who are going to be lit up. And that is, that is for sure one of my original passions and something that, you know, we work with every day with people to say, you know, and uh, to move people around also to other positions, you know, within the Mm -hmm. company, if they're lit up about the company, but not maybe quite in the right seat. So I think that's a really key piece as well.
0: I would agree. I, and I love that phrase being inside our Dharma. Can you expand Mm -hmm. on that a little bit? What's the, um, what's the, uh, what does that really mean? If, if somebody, if one of your Mm -hmm. employees to come inside your dharma. Could you unpack that a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, we, we I have to say we reference each other as team members. I, I, right. I, I have a, a pretty strong um, avoidance of the word employee. But for me, yes. it just means I'm somewhere where I can give my natural gifts. You know, mm-hmm. like if I had to be somewhere where I had to be quiet all day, that probably wouldn't suit me very well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of how prestigious you know the the job was. So it, yeah, it's just about where, you know, where what are the positions, what are the jobs, what are the the different areas of the business that fit with with different people. And I mean, I find that one of the fascinating things about studying human behavior: what's easy for one person can be incredibly difficult for someone else and what's easy for that person, you know, vice versa. So for me, that it's all about alignment of, sure. you know, what is required and what is the, are the natural gifts and the natural interests that, it, you know, we all have. We all have our unique way that we see the world and our unique gifts to give.
0: Sure, so... There's a small army of people right now updating their LinkedIn profiles and preparing their resume, <laughs> thinking, I need you to apply at Sage. So, so, so can you walk us through a little bit of that process? Because it, that is the wellspring from which so much of the, of the customer experience at Sage happens, right? So, so would, if somebody comes to you with a tremendous amount of retail experience versus not much retail experience. Is the lots of experience, uh, you know, something positive or could it be a yellow flag for you? Because clearly working at Sage is a unique experience.
1: Um, I would say that it's neither. I mean, what light, what lights you up? You know, you could have a lot of retail experience and have been bored every year and you just thought there was no other career path for you. Um, or you could be someone, you know, we have people from vi- uh, many different walks of life that are first community members and then, you know, they find themselves on our team because they're somehow lit up about what it is we do about helping people, about finding ways for people to connect to a more natural lifestyle. So, I mean, it's great, you know, the, the great prize would be to have someone who's got awesome retail experience and they're super lit up you know, about retail and super lit up about what it is that Sage offers. Um, but you know, I would always take the person who's excited about what we're doing and truly wants to be of service to those um, community members that come in, and be able to teach them retail rather than trying to take someone who's, you know, really kind of maybe retail isn't their gift, but they're just pigeonhole themselves in there and try to change that. That's, you know, that life's too short.
2: And I think if I could add two comments, one is, I think job love is something we talk about a lot. And um, as we look at who's on the team, how are they contributing? That's a huge factor that we're looking for, is who is having job love. And it's not about necessarily watching the clock or a list of everything you do. It's about how do you live and breathe our values. And so I think, again, when you then translate that into recruitment, how we bring people onto the team, it is a process and it's a process where you're, we hope you're interviewing us just as much as um, we're interviewing you. And we really look at culture and it's, you know, we're looking for 50%. Do we think you have the, the skills to do the job we're looking for? And how quickly could you learn the job? Um, but also how much of a culture fit are you going to be? And are you going to be um, living and breathing the values? Because that's what everything is rooted on. I think that's how we'll continue to grow um, at a really rapid rate while being able to uphold Mm -hmm. some of the things that were so, so important to Kate and Pierre when they founded our company 20 years ago.
0: If I can reflect my own experience, my first experience was the Eaton Center location. And the moment I walked in, I was greeted with happiness. It was happiness. These were people who were really delighted to be there and delighted to... To introduce a new person into the world of Sage. And it didn't matter that it was closing time and all the other stores were shuttering their doors. They're like, you stay as long as you like and, you know, figure out what works for you. And we're here to help you as much as you need help. As you grow and as you, you know, as that whole, that, that whole magic gets diffused over more locations, there's a couple of challenges that I'm sure some of my listeners are curious about how you might manage. And one is the, is the policy of frontline uh, retail person empowerment? They're empowered to do what they need to do to make things right, or to um, or to maintain that customer experience, or to to continue to to maintain the um, the goodwill within the with that Sage community member, as you've referenced. That can That can be terrifying to some companies where they'll say, you know, here's the limits. You have a limit of, of I guess, maybe in other environments discounting five dollars or like it's very, very specific about what they can and can't do. Could you share some comments on that? And and if there's individuals from other organizations who are considering such an approach, what would you advise them to to do and maybe to watch out for?
1: Okay, well, I'm. you know what they should be terrified of? They should be terrified of somebody leaving their establishment who is never going to return again and who's going to be sure to tell the person they have lunch with and maybe every person they run into for the next week if they get the chance. That's what they should be afraid of, not of how much it's going to cost them to keep that customer. I mean, it, to me, it's all upside down. If you, if you look at the cost of actually acquiring a customer and yet, you know, retail uh, and service organizations, they're sending people away by the droves with their indifference, uh, you know, at the least and with their rigid policies at the most. You know, I can think of many retail um companies that I used to be a huge fan of and just little by little it got whittled away. You know, that's how I think of it. One thing got taken.
0: That's what that's kind of what where I'm pointing to, right? Yeah. As Sage grows. So you you're probably I guess, thinking, I, I, guess you- I don't
1: really understand that. If it worked for one store economically, so we're just talking like dollars and cents here. Sure. If it worked for one store to give people outrageous service and make, have them be, you know, loyal members of our community with, which come back more often, bring their, you know, friends and family. If those economics work at one store, then it's the same economics at 20 stores or 50 stores.
0: Right. Got, why wouldn't it scale? Why wouldn't it, it
1: scale? Why wouldn't yeah. it scale? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, of course you've got, you know, you've got situations where the person who is there empowered to make that decision, yeah, they might not have made the exact same decision as I would have made or that Katie might have made or they might have made a better one. You know, they might, I mean, that's that's the policy. That's empowerment. You know, you do the best of your ability in that moment, but your goal is that this person in front of you stays, um, you know, a member of our community for life. I mean, that's the goal. Sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And some organizations – and this is all a good news podcast so i rarely dip into the, the other side of that coin <laughs> but some other organizations behind the curtain have almost mm-hmm. a um an adversarial mindset toward customers that customers are out to rip them off or in some way cheat them and
1: yeah mm-hmm. that that that's funny you should b- raise that because i can remember being at a a managers uh, conference a few years ago and there were some of the managers that were You know, they, they had come from other walks of retail and they were, you know, good and good-hearted people and they were, they were worried for that exact thing they were saying. But, you know, but Kate, you know, this customer came in. They had clearly, you know, enjoyed using this skincare product. It was almost, you know, empty. And now they're coming back complaining about it and, and they're ripping us off. And so what I always say is you know that that's that's part of the the you know the mix we have of humanity there will be that and it's a very small percentage you know it's it's like less than 2% of people that will be looking at things from that perspective mm-hmm. and so we're going to make our policies for the 98% those are that and and some of that 2% then they'll get the benefit of that But, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to, you know, I'd be like, I'd go home if I had to police and make rules and, you know, catch out the 2% that are there to rip you off. You know what, you make your policies, you make your rules, they're still going to find ways to rip you off. In the meantime, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have sent away people who are friends. And that, you know, that makes me sad.
0: Yeah, right, right. And And I love how you, like, you might have sent away people who could be friends. Like what a mindset to have! Mm-hmm. It sounds revolution. It sort of revolutionary. Maybe that's a strong word for it, but it sounds like a, like a, like a different style of mindset. But it just makes so much sense, right?
1: Yeah, I, I I'm always have a hard time talking about this because it just seems so obvious to me.
0: Sure. So so it gets us to the to the policies, the procedures, the metrics, the KPIs, the all the stuff that organizations do, particularly as they grow. To manage and measure mm-hmm. customer success, customer experience, and it, it, and it moves away from the, from the, no, from the one store visibility of people are coming in, they're happy, they're engaged, so I know, because I can see it happen. Is there any sort of measurement that you might have from a reporting perspective? And maybe I'm glancing over at Katie a little bit as well, from a reporting perspective that would indicate whether you're on the mark or missing the mark in any way.
2: I think we do a lot of listening. Um, that's where I would start. Um, and this kind of loops back to the one of the questions you you asked earlier. Um, so we do a lot of listening. All of our team members spend time, um, on our, on our, the, the, in retail, like actually in our stores with our teams. And so that creates listening with community, but also with our frontline team members. Um, Many of us also spend time actually um, within our customer experience team. So shadow shifting, Um, we are fortunate to have an overall um company who love our social media. So everyone is on there looking at social media comments, our product development teams, um, our retail operation teams. And so they're just as on the pulse, say, as our actual um, teams who are answering and talking with our social media community. So that's kind of the high, when you have a highly engaged team member base, all of that listening is part of their nature. Beyond that, we have NPS, which we monitor and measure, um, that's fairly new for us. um, But that's another, you know, I think more standard measurement that we have, and that will help us keep a pulse consistently as we grow um, beyond kind of our Canadian footprint.
0: Sure, sure. And so you use Net Promoter. NPS, for those who may not be familiar with it, is is Net Promoter Score, which is, um, if anybody, uh, and I'm sort of talking to the listener community now, if you, at the end of a phone call or any interaction, you might have been greeted with a question. To what extent would you be likely to recommend this product or this service to a friend? And, and based on how you score, the, um, the organization will either continue doing what they did with you, or if you score them poorly, they'll, if they're doing it right um look at maybe what happened with your encounter and if it was if you score them terribly they might even call you back and find out what happened does that reflect maybe how you approach nps as well
2: um most of it although with most people who actually um do the end like it's not mandatory so for anyone who does it we try to reach out whether it's positive or negative and thank them for their feedback or thank them for being a part of our community um and so that's one thing that we aren't necessarily i feel like this is non-traditional so um our team members are not measured sure. based on how quickly they can get off of a phone call um we're a business that's rooted in education. And so a lot of, I think if some people from traditional contact centers might see our call times, they would be like, whoa. Um, But we really, really spend time with people and help educate them. We're dealing through sometimes more sensitive um, conditions. And so it is really meant to create a safe space where you're listened to, where questions are asked and where we can provide any expertise that we have.
0: Absolutely. And it's not it's not just a matter of oils that make a room smell nice. We're talking about legitimate wellness. So people are are being very candid and sharing very personal things with um, with your team members on the phone. So I can imagine the amount of sensitivity and training rather than kind of looking at the the how long that, that talk that, that conversation took and saying, oh okay, that's great. Thank you very much for calling, you know, and trying to exit that call as quickly as possible. As you grow and expand, what's new or what's on the horizon for Sage? Is it keeping the magic and expanding into different locations and sort of spreading the magic, I guess is a better way to put it, or is there anything new or any changes on the horizon vis-a-vis the customer experience or Sage overall?
1: Um, Well, I think that you put it well when you said spreading the magic, I mean, our goal is to be able to connect more people with the healing power of plants. And so to do that, we're expanding our geographical footprint and moving into new markets. And for all of us, um, maintaining our culture is job one. You know, I mean, that's something we talk about all the time. We make decisions based on that. Um, you know, we move forward or we course correct based on, on exactly that. Um, with team members, with locations that we're looking at. Um, if we can't get that right, uh, you know, then we know that we're not growing what we actually set out to be growing. So, uh, we will continue to, yeah, welcome new team members. Uh, we'll gather, we'll gather together at, uh, at Camp Sage, which is now an annual event, uh, where it's three days full of personal and professional growth and celebration and lots of talks and connections and hugs. So that's something that we'll be gathering our leaders across North America to do, um, again this summer. So that's a really, really important, um, really important part of our culture. And then, of course, we're continuing to evolve the product line um, and be able to add um, even more ways for people to take care of their homes and their family um, with 100% natural products.
0: Sure. And one last question. And thank you, as you know, I'm both of you have been really generous with your time and expertise. And I do appreciate it. It's it's great. Our listeners are getting a ton from this. It's a it's a little bit of a unique experience though because many of my guests will come from the world of how do of maybe in the process of writing the ship you know so we have a relatively Mm -hmm. new focus on customer experience so these are the things we're doing to enhance or drive that experience so it's a little bit of a different animal than staying the course and averting the risks of of diffusion and avoiding the risks that diffusion can can place on a customer experience. So I guess, Kate, my question to you is, for those who are listening who may be in in the boat of, you know, I wish I had some of that SAGE magic in my organization, what are some things that you might advise them on?
1: Well, I would say you do have that magic. It just might look very different than what we have at SAGE. So I I think that discovering what your culture is and what you're really passionate about, you can't fake it. So I think it goes down to the founding principles of your company. Like, why did you start this company? What did you truly care about? And being able to amplify those things and attract, you know, your tribe of people who care about the same things that you do. And then it becomes much easier, you know, and so if there's any inspiration I would like to give, it would be for people to really examine their own authentic gifts and then find their own creative way to give that to the world so that the answers are internal as opposed to maybe looking at what appears like, you know, somebody's success on the outside and trying to, trying to mimic that. You know, what I'm inspired by are people who found a way to take what they're passionate about and Give it to the world in this magnificent way. Like that, to me, is so inspiring. And it's, it's not formulaic. You know, once you have that, you know, the right questions will come. And you'll have this team of people that are rallied around you because you care so deeply about the same things that it's so much easier to tackle the problems that you're facing than with, you know, a team that may or may not care about the same things that you do.
0: Got it.
1: Make it it easy for yourself. It'll be tough enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well said. And I have I have to say, Kate, you're phenomenally eloquent about this. Is this something that you speak publicly about? If somebody was going to say we need like we do need some of that magic in our organization or
1: yeah, it's something that I'm spending more time uh doing and for sure on the subject of how we create the world into a you know, a more friendly place and I would love to see everywhere I travel in the world people always say, "Oh, you Canadians are so nice." And so anything <laughs> I can you. do <laughs> Anything I can do to help elevate how we think about sir the service levels and ultimately how we elevate the success that we as Canadian retailers um you know, can provide, I'm in.
0: All right. With that inspiring note, thank you both, Kate and Katie, for joining us. It's been a great conversation. So thank you so much. So did you see what I mean? It was nearly impossible for Kate or Katie to talk about customer experience without immediately referencing the employee experience. I found that so cool. And yeah, right, now we all want to go work for Sage Wellness. So if I could have like, A retail crush? Is that a thing? Okay, I'm officially making it a thing, and it would definitely be Sage Wellness. So unfortunately, the last couple of moments of our conversation was cut short due to some technical challenges, and we missed our chance to record our goodbye. Well, that's okay. Maybe goodbye just isn't in the cards in this case. So what did we get from that conversation? High level, some pretty important stuff. Follow your passion, and understand your true gift to the world. And if it lights you up, what a great phrase. How many times did Kate say that? So if it lights you up, you got to do it. You just kind of have to. And if it's providing a product or service, great customer experience will flow from it. And if you're in senior management, great employee experience will flow from it. Or maybe it's even the other way around. So, of course, all the deets and links for Sage Wellness are in the show notes. Be sure to hit them up on Twitter. Speaking of which, it's the social media team at Sage Wellness, and in particular, Michelle Gordon. Very special kudos to Michelle Gordon, who made this conversation possible. So, thank you so much for all your help in this. I'm Pat Perdue. Hit me up on Twitter at Pat Perdue. Here's a thought about customer experience and employee experience. Next time you're buying coffee or standing on the customer side of the checkout counter, consider how you as a customer can help give that person who's helping you an amazing employee experience. If they helped you out, if they made you laugh, if they brightened your day by shining their light, tell them you might just make their day. I'll see you next time.